Seven, six, five, four, three, two, one. You'll never have me, Sacred Stone. <laughs> oh, this new crazy mother... Hello, monkeys, and welcome to the Live Wild or Die podcast. I'm your host, Monkey Dan. And I want to start this episode, episode number 31. I want to start this off by saying happy 2020 to the monkey family. I think, you know, 2019 was a pretty wild year. I think 2020 is going to be even wilder. And, you know, again, we wouldn't be here without you, the monkey family, and we're just, we're grateful. So thank you for supporting wildness all these years, and we look forward to many more years of wildness to come. And I want to start this episode, well, for this episode, I basically just wanted to talk about kind of reflecting on 2019, lessons learned, and what we're going to do going forward, at least what I'm thinking going forward. So I wrote a blog post about this, actually. You can check it out. It's on the monkey.co website. You kind of got to dig a little bit, but it's the Monkey Life blog. It's going to be the most recent one. And basically, I'm just reflecting on this past year. You know, I became a dad in, gosh, I guess it's 2018 now, but it's been a little over a year. So that's been a very wild experience. So all you monkey dads out there, I'm sure you can relate. But yeah, just, you know, there's a lot of change going on in life, in the business, training, all that. And I wanted to look at where I've been and where we're headed. So one thing for 2019, what I really tried to do was adopt this mindset of everything counts and specifically towards training. So, you know, for, for years I'd always done these very formal, very kind of strict workouts that sometimes I wouldn't even do them if I couldn't complete the whole thing, which is so crazy to think back on. But so basically I kind of took the opposite approach and instead just with, you know, with running the company, having a kid and just life, I, uh, I didn't have as many of these large time blocks. So what I would do is just try and sneak in these, I wouldn't even call them micro workouts, but just kind of accumulate volume throughout the day. So if I was home watching my daughter, she was napping, I'd take the monitor out the front yard. There's kind of like this courtyard area with a sidewalk around it. And I'd basically just throw on my weight vest or bring some kettlebells out or sandbag, whatever. And I'd walk around there just getting time on my feet, time under load. Sometimes I'd do sprints back and forth on the lawn, but basically it was just using that, you know, maybe it was a half hour I had, using that time to just accumulate volume. So if you did that a handful of times throughout the day, it would really start to add up. So, and it did. I I basically, the reason why I was doing that was because I was going to do this. Well, I did, but I was at the time was training for the Grand Canyon rim to rim to rim. It's about a 50 mile. Well, everyone I've talked to said it's significantly more than 50 miles, but it's about a 50 mile trail run. You could basically run across the Grand Canyon twice and there's over 12,000 feet of vertical gain and loss. So it's uh, very technical and it's a big day, but it's an epic day. So my training plan was kind of using, using that, mindset of everything counts and getting in as much volume as I can at that, at that level. So it worked out. And second, second item I have listed is micro workouts. So 
again, I just, it was challenging to get time for these more formal workouts. So I would basically just kind of think about what I'd want to accomplish in a day and then break that out into smaller workouts. And sometimes I just keep it real simple and just, uh, basically whenever the opportunity presents itself, I would do some squats, do some pushups, do some jumps, sit-ups, etc. So again, it worked out quite well. I really use that specifically again for that Grand Canyon training, but it kind of flowed through the summer and the rest of the year. So something I've definitely really hardwired into my routine and seems to be working out pretty well. So highly recommend it. Principle number three, play the long game or lesson number three, I should say, play the long game. So for most of my teen and adult life, I basically, I burned the candle at both ends with training, school, sports, all that. And, uh, I think part of the reason why is I had the, I guess you could call it discipline or the mental fortitude to just kind of grind even when I was tired or uncomfortable. But as I've started to realize, although it was possible, I don't know if it was necessarily optimal. And, you know, as a college athlete, when I think about what I was doing back then, I would, you know, we never slept well. I never slept well at least. It was just, it was challenging with, uh, you know, you live in a house, it's loud. There's just, it's loud, mainly for me, but I wasn't sleeping super well. You're training from, you know, two to five hours a day between film, time in the weight room, time on the field, recovery, ice, stretching, mobility, all that. So it was quite a bit of time. And, you know, especially in season, you know, I would lift three to four days a week on top of practice, film, all that. And it, uh, in my head, I, I was outworking the people I was playing against, but although that may have been true, I don't think it was optimal. And if reflecting back, it's more, was my training, was my training smart for what I was trying to do? And I just, I always felt burnt out. I always was tired. I felt like maybe 80 to 85% most of the time. It just, I never felt fully recovered. I never had that snap, that spring. And so for this lesson learned number three, play the long game. It's, it's recognizing that you can only burn the candle at both ends for so long before there's no more candle. So I've really kind of taken a more thoughtful approach to training and I probably quote unquote train more than, uh, I have been in the sense of I'm, I'm constantly mobilizing, stretching doing micro workouts, going for walks, going for runs, lifting, obviously using isocore, pocket monkey, monkey bars, whatever happens to uh, best fit my environment at the time. But I'm doing all this training, but it's in a much more thoughtful approach. So I was kind of going to the death all the time, just going as hard as I could. I felt like if you left anything in the tank, you were, you were a softie basically. But kind of my approach has shifted to this mindset of, you know, I think it was a Bruce Lee quote where, gosh, I'm going to totally butcher it, but there's this Bruce Lee quote where he basically says, you should always be prepared to fight. So if you train, if you train too hard, you're exhausted. You're not going to be able to win the fight or fight at all. So kind of, 
doing most of my training with that kind of attitude. And then I'm, I'm still going hard on days and just, you know, totally emptying the tank out, but it's much less frequent than it was before. So again, I think it's just this smarter approach to training volume wise is probably the same or more, but it's just the exhaustive nature is, uh, is much less. So still kind of, uh, experimenting and synthesizing thoughts, but yeah, that was a major lesson learned. And, uh, I really, I feel great. I have more energy and, um, Again, I think I'm, I'm as fit as I've ever been. So the fourth, fourth lesson learned here I have is food matters. And why I wanted to bring this up is there's a ton of, there's just, there's so much nutritional jabber or uh, what's the right word? There's so much just nutritional talk and articles, books, movies, etc. And everyone kind of wants to argue is what's the best diet. And I, I have no idea what the best diet is, but what I do know is that eating whole foods, whether it's meat, vegetables, whatever, that's going to take care of 80 to 99% of the issues. So I, I really think it's that processed food that gets you even, uh, you know, you could argue, you could, we could talk about low carb, high carb, middle of the road carb, whatever. But I think I really strongly believe that if you eliminate processed foods and if you really take an honest look at what you are eating that's processed and how much extra sugar that has, how many weird industrial seed oils, all that stuff, if you eliminate that, you're going to get so, it's going to just raise your level so much higher that you can start to uh, really experiment and, uh, fine-tuned things from there. But again, whole foods, I think are, uh, really the main, the, the key to all this. And, you know, there's articles that will come out saying this food is going to kill you or there's this new superfood, whatever. It's very, uh, fatty as in F A D D Y or F A D Y, however you want to say, but kind of got to ignore that. And, uh, just again, keep it simple. Think about, there's a great quote, like what would your great grandparents eat? You know, it's, it's simple, just like training. So food does matter. And then I didn't write this in the blog post, but the fifth principle that I just honestly forgot to write was mobility and flexibility matters. So that's something the last month or two I've really focused intensely on is just regular stretching, regular mobility, making it a priority after, if I do do a more formal workout, making it a priority to stretch for you. If it's just a minute or five minutes, whatever, it really does add up. And then throughout the day, just throwing in kind of these micro stretch session, stretch sessions as well. So mobility, flexibility definitely matters. There's tons of content out there for free on YouTube and just the interweb. So Kelly starts the man, check that guy out. He's got, he did like, I think it might've been every day for a year. He posted a video and they're still relevant now. So tons of great content on there. And, you know, I think my reflections for 2019, it's just, again, I've, I've got a growing family. We've got another kid on the way and it's just uh, kind of taping, taking a step back and thinking about what's, what's going to be, what is the most important? And then what am I going to 
potentially regret down the road. So, you know, family and relationships, I think those are things that I may have kind of put on the, the side burner to go on adventures or train or whatever over the years. And, uh, you know, I think seeing this little girl grow up, there's so many just special moments that you don't want to miss out on as well as time with your wife, time with your friends, all those things. I think that's, uh, that's something that's overlooked in general, I think in at least American culture, it seems a little different in other countries, but I don't think we value this network of relationships and how important that is to your health and wellness. And, uh, I was listening to another podcast recently where they're talking about these blue zones and how big kind of, uh, a big factor, at least they, they hypothesized was a lot of these blue zones and blue zones, by the way, are these places that have these, this kind of exceptional longevity. I think, I'm not sure if it's uh, this high concentration of centenarians or so people that live to be a hundred or older, but basically the blue zones are these areas where people will tend to live exceptionally long compared to the general population. So but these blue zones, one thing that was quite common was besides all the movement and eating good whole foods, one thing that was really common was these, this tight network of relationships and uh, kind of these just um, really small, but small, almost insignificant moments of just meeting people you're friends with and spending time chatting and uh, in the moment, I guess, versus uh, always rushing around and uh, thinking about what's ahead. So something to really think about. I'm certainly not perfect, but it's uh, at least it's on the radar and put it out there to the live wild or die family so we can uh, keep the conversation going. So 2020, gosh, I'm still, I'm really, I'm working on, uh, I just talked about all this relationship stuff, but I'm really trying to figure out a spring Masogi, some good physical challenges for 2020. And, uh, yeah, I don't know. I, there's, I've always kind of had this pretty, pretty focused idea of what kind of want to be training for, but I have an idea. It might be another long run. I'm thinking actually there's a, there's this hundred mile mountain bike ride I've wanted to do for a while. Not nothing too crazy. Just cover a lot of ground in a beautiful, in some beautiful country. So thinking about that, thinking about some different fitness goals. Oh, that was one thing I wanted to share with you guys. So New Year's Day, I woke up and, man, I just, the week or two before, I, I got a little bit sick. I think I had, like, norovirus, which was a bummer. And then I just hadn't slept well. My wife was sick. You know, it was just, it was that, that funk going through. But woke up New Year's Day. I hadn't done this for, it's been a few years for sure, but I did a timed mile. So I went to the track, warmed up, ran a mile as fast as I could at 6.50. I was kind of bummed about my, I think my PR, my lifetime PR is, I think it's 526 or 524 or something like that. So quite a ways off from that, but I think I can quickly make up time. So for sure want to get sub six minutes in the next month or two. And I think for 2020, I'm going to put it out there. I want to try for a sub five minute mile. So we're talking 459, 59. It's going to be a challenge. So that's uh, four laps around the 400 meter track. That's running a 115 average split. So I guess I got to run one 114 to get sub five. So putting it out there, 
it's good to have goals. I, I've never been a big New Year's resolution guy. I always kind of been into more like, oh, what are some goals I want to accomplish? And then that kind of sets, for me at least, that kind of sets up a process of figuring out what I need to do kind of incrementally to get to those goals. So something to think about if you, uh, if you haven't done anything um, significant in the goal setting or if you want to call it resolution. Let's call it goals. That's monkey, monkey style. All right. So thanks for tuning in, everyone. And uh, 2020 is going to be a good year. Can't wait. We'd love to hear some ideas for topics and, yeah, just how we can keep making live wild or die wilder. So we'll see you out there and monkey on.